Bill and I started to circle each other off the shiny list about a year and a half ago. He's an OG head in the new media art scene, and he's worked with some of the most iconic groups and projects in our community. Button Dolly, Future Forward, Nonotac, Obscura, G-Monk, VT Pro, Leviathan. He's been around the block, and he literally knows everyone doing anything cool with tech art. Just recently, we started working together in a professional context, and I thought it was about time we did an episode together. You should check this one out, if for no other reason than to listen to us gossip like old grandpas and reminisce of stories about the heat of battle. I consider Bill a good friend at this point, somebody who really understands the game, and I can talk to about the challenges that I face putting together crews and running my company. I hope you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. It's a good one. Honestly, I didn't sleep too well last night. My dog had like some diarrhea, apparently. I have no, no. no idea why. And I was just like, and I got jumped onto this project, and it was sort of like, it felt like just passed the hot potato around, and all of a sudden, like, Today, like, there's good progress, so it feels better. But I just, yeah. like, it was, like, 3.30 in the morning, and I was just, I've been up, and I've just been up. So I was like, fuck. And then all of a sudden, the little meeting thing, and I was like, oh, shit, that's right. We're going to do this tonight. It's going to be fun. So right. uh, I'm excited well, do, to... Do you, do you have uh, I, I just got this aura ring, right? And it tells you, like, all the different metrics about your sleep. And it's funny because it gives you the sense of guilt. Like when you fuck up a night of sleep and you like see your sleep score, you're like, oh shit, man, that's a shitty score. <laughs> and then you're trying to go for the high score, right? So it's like. Yeah. I get good sleep. I get good sleep, like eight, nine, 10 hours, especially when the freelance, you know what I mean? So. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I'm realizing is that going to sleep and waking up eight hours later, you actually like. Looking at my stats, it takes me about an I get an about an hour and a half less actual sleep than the amount of time I'm in bed, which is one of the metrics that it tracks is like time in bed versus actual sleep. And it's remarkable how accurate it is. It's like it knows when you're sleeping. <laughs> That's kind of wild. Crazy. Yeah, my friend Casey has one. And yeah, the rings, I think, because there's a whoop bracelets that uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, has invested a bunch of money in. Um, and then there's the you know the Apple watches and stuff, and they're supposed to do all of that. But the rings and the and the and the that Whoop watch, I think, is pretty 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 cool technology. Because I yeah. don't think I've ever heard of the Whoop. Is that like a different? I guess it's a different like health tracker. Yeah, I think so. But W H O O P, uh, they're out of Boston, and yeah, okay. Mahomes Mahomes threw like I don't know forty sixty mil at them or something like that, and just like go and invest and like. They're hiring all sorts of people, um, but yeah, yeah, it's just sort of like a cool little band. But the uh, the one that's on your on your on your ring is 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 pretty cool. So well, it's very specific to sleep. It does do like workout tracking and everything, which is which is kind of cool because even like working out affects your sleep. And it, it's oh, yeah. uh, there's all these things where you're, you're just you know when you have the data, you have the metrics, you can see how what you do like drinking this beer before bed will affect my sleep. You know what I mean? And it's like, you can see how all these things correlate and like add up to, to, you know, good sleep or bad sleep. And then you can really, when you get a a shitty night's sleep and you can see that you can see all the metrics and you're like, wow, yeah, I actually do feel crappy. Like all day today, I felt crappy. You're like, okay, so this is, this is why sleep is important. It is a little bit. I was so not going to lie. I was not going to obviously back out on you 20 minutes in or, you know, 20 minutes to go and be like, let's reset this up. But I was like, damn, it was it was definitely like I was like, 
Well, we don't have to, man. Like, if you're not feeling it, we don't have to. But, like, this is all this is. It's just, like, it's just a conversation. I just want to shoot the shit with you for, like, an hour or something. Yeah, exactly. I listened to, you know, a couple of the intros with a few of the other people uh, just to try to, like, catch up and, like, see and whatever. So, it's cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to, like, because we don't really, like, know each other, like, super well. Like, I obviously see, like, your posts and respect a lot about, you know, digital ambiance and respect, honestly, like, kind of the hustle that you're kind of doing here a little bit which you know is it's 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 a, th- it's a thing and like being relevant in the scene well honestly man it's you know i i actually kind of got i got a little bit burnt out a f- couple years back and it was like one of those moments where i was like why am i doing this and then it was like oh right because i really love light art and then it was like i went on this this trip around europe right and i and i I just hit up all of these different light art crews and I was just like, Hey, I'm going to be in town. Let's hang out. Let's get a beer. And I had such a good time, man. And then I was like, I just realized how much I like talking to the light artists and like shooting the shit about light art. And I'm like, I should do a podcast. (laughs) It's fun. I mean, light art is definitely something like I love to play around with and like have been fortunate enough to, um, be involved in sort of like the back end and the curation and the, although I don't really like that word curation, but like just understanding like the build without actually being a, a true developer, but just having a certain common sense about it. And then, you know, listening and just picking up the pieces as I've gone through, you know, my career as it's been. Well, dude, um, your portfolio is spectacular. And I just, you know, that's, that's another thing I, I'm, I really want to know, like you were working for um, Leviathan, right? At one point in, in Chicago. And that is a name, that is a name that everybody should know and should respect if they're in this industry, because that company has done some remarkable installations. Yeah. I had a kind of a little permalance thing with Leviathan. Um, It was right kind of around the term when a lot of those studios were kind of being kind of acquired and there was some stuff going on, but really good friends with Chad and Jason still. Um, and so we had a little thing worked out, but I came uh, to Chicago from San Francisco because I was at Bot and Dolly and Obscura before that. And Obscura is kind of like where I, didn't I got- I you worked for Obscura. Yeah, Obscura is kind of where I got my feet wet in this like experiential world. Um, yeah. Yeah, a friend of mine was a receptionist, I guess, at Obscura. And she's like, you'd be really good at this job. And I was just like, <laughs> really like I don't even I can't even tell what you guys really do there and it was like I must have been 2009 2010 kind of thing and so yeah I went to Obscura and started kind of there um with Barry Threw uh his good friend and Phil Renari I I knew Travis and yeah and I know Travis and you know obviously all the heads of state that were that were there a little over a decade ago um but I did that for a couple of years and really like got like i mean i don't know it's kind of a funny story but you know pretty much tired of the job that i had had which was just sort of like knowing about companies and trying to do the the extra work and whatever but it was just like a good like entry level like understanding of like the advertising and like production space uh but i was like done with that and kind of got hired on the spot at obscura And the gentleman that hired me was like, can you be down here in like six days? And I was like, I live in Portland right now. Like I have to break my lease. I have to (laughs) terminate, you know, all of these things. And um, 
I think we made it like 12 days, but we made it happen. And um, yeah, we were doing product development, was working with like some of uh, your contemporaries from Light Switch uh, over in the Bay, Norm, Stu- Norm, Norm Schwab. Light um, Switch and, or Light Form? Uh, light Switch. Uh, What's they Light do, Switch? Oh, they do like really pretty high end contemporary, you know, not so much light art, more so, yeah. Yes and no, but like, you know, like light on the outside of architecture. But like, I think I actually have heard of them. And it's amazing that our paths haven't crossed. And I don't know them as well as some of the other. Yeah, I mean, it, they are in the Bay. I do know that name. And no, I've, I've not crossed paths with them like at all. Oh, man, you should definitely just to know people. But this guy, Mike Mao, who was like an intern at the time. And I just like became friends and we built these massive six and eight foot spheres that have these like, you know, central diodes in it that had a bunch of LEDs and things and it all tied back to our show control system. And, you know, as they would change colors and orbs and things like that, it was just like crazy, interesting, wild stuff that we were doing, you know, that's super cool. 15 years ago, but a while ago. But um, that was the yeah. previous generation, man. And there's a like DA is ten years old. We're we're like cresting a decade now, and uh, yeah, it's like there's this whole generation that came before, and it is like the obscures, and then there's there's yeah a bunch of architectural light art companies that yeah, and they're still around. It's like where are they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and light light switch has been around for like twenty five, thirty years, and they're like wow. kind of sprinkled all over, and they you know, work with, I don't know, kind of the heads of the state in the game, but I don't know. I think they do pretty serious installations with like pretty major architects in and around the world. You know, that's, they're right. not messing around with any, I'm not saying they're not going to Burning Man cause they probably are, but you know, they're, they're having a good time. Well, listen, uh, man, Burning Man is an incubator. It's an incubator. It's like the crucible man. of fire that like, that forges, forges, artists into like you know they come in green and they come out like more like jaded and more you know like having a sense of like okay this shit doesn't work this is how things break a lot of my crew came from burning man we've all come through burning man but burning man is not people are like oh man it's so hard to it's like it's not that hard to make shit work for five days no matter you know in the dust storm it's like whatever try and make something last for five years in miami that's some shit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know I mean? I, I'm more of like the five days, two weeks type of thing. Those are the type of projects that I really uh, kind of go after. The yeah. five years in Miami or whatever this exciting project that you've got, you know, in the British Virgin Islands might be, you know, those are the things that are a stretch for me. Um, I'm not saying they're you know impossible, but that stuff is is permanent, and that's some of the stuff that Leviathan is succeeding in right now. They're doing really, really well. Um, so we've been practicing, and we've been getting, we've been perfecting our outdoor mm-hmm. installation. You know how to make an installation outdoor that lasts for years. And um, we actually just finished an installation in Miami, and let me tell you, man, that was that was an intense installation. It was I remember. Amazing. You yeah. told me you were in the smoke a little bit and it was like, it kind of cleared and it was like, yeah, yeah. Well, it was one of those situations where like, yeah. I feel like I didn't give it the respect that it deserved. I didn't give it the time because, because 
A, we were understaffed and we were being pulled in a couple different directions. And the big project was the BVIs and the small project was Miami. However, the Miami project was much more like logistically challenging because it was fast. There was, there was tighter deadlines. We didn't, we weren't friends with the client. We didn't really know the client. They were just like, look, we're paying you do this thing. Don't fuck it up. And it was like, yeah, I mean, it, it succeeded. We 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 won the game, but it was definitely by the hair of our chinny chin chins, man. Like we will yeah. probably never work with that client again. But at least, at least you didn't fail. Yeah, yeah. it's like failures like that can sink a company, and that's what I saw, man. Like while we were going through, like in the heat of that install, I was just like, "Holy shit! If we fail, and they ask for their money back, that's it." Like, I don't know mm-hmm. where that money's coming from because we spent it. <laughs> you know I was, what I mean? I was recently, I will uh, abstain from saying anybody's names, clients, or, or, or companies that I was working for, but I was recently on one and I got sort of swung into it and it was already pitched and sold and won and designed through and it was like, go. And I'm like, there is not time to do this for this client at the level that they would need it to be done at. There. Oh, no five-star, triple, platinum, whatever, client, congratulations, agency, like, great idea, but, like, there's no way. Um, was it, it was an ad Yeah, they're, you know, uh, like... Marketing agency? Yeah, yeah, basically. And I'm like, just, like, there's no way you can pull this off kind of a thing. And having the experience that I have and just knowing what I know, it's like, you can, we could have got by if the client was like, you know, second rate kind of whatever. And we were just trying to like clear some small hurdles, but it was like, we're not pulling this off for them at anywhere close to where they're going to be. And yeah, they, they ultimately failed and, or we Did ultimately you failed. Under the bus? I didn't, they managed it really, really well. Um, and I think pulled themselves out of it pretty well, but I was just like, you know, I can't be brought into a project and be like, hey, guess what? That's a super great idea. If you really want to do this and you really want to do it well, we need to focus on two things. We need to do it at this level and we need to put a lot of money towards this and a little bit of money towards this. It was just sort of like everything to the, you know, top degree and it just, everything spread too far, too thin and it was just came back. But it was in the beginning of 2021 and 2020, as I think everybody understands, was a real rough year. And it was just like, I needed a dime because of my freelancing, which has been, you know, six very positive years that I'm excited about and have fantastic relationships with. But you were mentioning with your client in Miami about like, and that's kind of where these guys got to. I don't know how it yep. panned out in the end, but um so did they bring yeah. you in just as like a like a hired gun project manager and like they yeah. brought you in like late in the, the late in the game? Yeah, I think if they would have brought me in two or three months earlier, we wouldn't have gone so far in these bizarre directions and I would have been able to like reel them back a little bit. Um, so were you a just technical simply... project manager essentially? Yeah, but, you know, kind of the project manager sort of in charge of a lot of things. Uh, There's things that I don't do great. Uh, There's things that I do much better than others. But 
it was yeah. cool um not my favorite project you'll never see it um because i don't have the rights to share it <laughs> yeah there's always those <laughs> but funny, there's man, fun how, ones how... we can talk about agencies are kind of notorious especially in my mind we actually don't really work with agencies very much and i mean a big part of that is the fact that we stopped pursuing them because every time we did an agency gig the expectations were insane on both time and money and they were just mm -hmm. like yeah we want this crazy thing in like two weeks for this ridiculously low budget. And it's like, well, no, <laughs> you know, and, and you, you're tempted, you know, especially when, if you're a small company, you're like, I want agency work. That's a big number, but it's like, you have to compare the number, the, the dollar number to the ask. And you have to have the experience to understand what it's going to take to pull off. What they're asking you to pull off. Yeah. What they're asking you for. Yeah, like those two things don't match up, and you—the only way you know that is through experience, and that's the only thing that keeps you out of trouble. It's true, um, and sometimes you trust your gut, and sometimes your—you know—your gut doesn't always work. Um, sometimes you one have of the indigestion. Last, sometimes you have a little <laughs> bit of indigestion, but at the same time, like <laughs> there's also talking to agencies because that's kind of actually who I have to pursue uh but i also just have like this ridiculously wide knowledge of production partners fabrication vendors you know obviously the people that are in the technology world whether that's light art specifically or whether it's you know putting together midi controllers to do something to make sure that this projection maps onto that or who knows what you know the thing that i love the most is is sort of just being part of um you know the computational and the creative problem solving and just like working with various people and partners um, yeah but that was just leading me to chat through the last major major fun project i had was with um dog studios they're a belgian-based company but they have an outpost here in chicago and i believe one in mexico city now and maybe even further but they're blowing dog up studios uh, yeah dog studio or dog studios okay. i'm not quite sure but uh, they're blowing up. They're having a lot of success on the web, uh, but they got hired by Times, um, the New York Times, uh, to work for a project on Verizon. Um, and you might have seen this on my site, but I kind of got handed this 11 by 17 kind of idea doc from the agency, uh, a budget of about a half mil, and was told to like make it happen. And the two founders of agency were going to go on their kind of like a family vacation and the other dude was doing sort of another thing and kind of not to bother him. And they're the small. Idea vault. The idea vault is what you're talking about. This is the idea vault. Yes. That only popped up for like all of like four hours in New York city, which is pretty wild. Um, wow. They spent a half million dollars on this. Yeah. Wow. Bro, man, money goes. It's wild. Yeah. And the thing yeah. is, the first thing I wanted to do was like, can we please tell them to make this mobile? so that it like goes because as soon as they see this it's going to get they're going to want it to be at south by you know what i mean they're going to want to take it on some kind of tour let me ask you something why was this how did the new york times figure into this i understand verizon i get it but so where did the new york times come in so when i was mentioning with leviathan when they were purchased by um a group out of the West Coast, um, 
I forget their name, but they were a smaller company. Got bought. So Leviathan got bought. Yeah. Leviathan got bought um, by, I forget their name. Obscura also got bought by the Madison Square Madison Garden Square Group, Garden. I think yeah, is yeah. like pretty obvious news in our industry. Another one of the big shops, um, Fake Love in New York, got purchased by uh, the uh, the Times. Um, I think they the went out of Yeah, the New York Times. No, I think well, they, they, did, they did since, but they got purchased by the Times. And I'm like, somehow- Sophia. Sophia Arnov, who was a fake love, we actually did a mm-hmm. podcast like a ways back, and she was telling me about yeah how it kind of like trickled out, and I'm pretty good friends with Blair Neal too, uh, so okay. we 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 go back and forth. But yeah. I was kind of like chatting with Blair about this. I'm like, why aren't you guys doing this? He's like, we bid on that, and like somehow they outsource it to you. And I'm like, I'm he's like, I'm happy you got it, but anyways they're like can we do this i'm like i think but like we need a like a real dome like this isn't like a projection dome because like we need to be able to like walk all over this hang these lights do all of this cool stuff well it looks like it's just looks like it's totally amazing uh but i found this amazing group and i'll give them a shout out but they're called chateau brooklyn in brooklyn basically deep bedsty and as we're getting on the phone with them, they're like, well, we speak French. That's what they speak. One of the languages they speak in, in, in uh, Belgium. And he sort of like rattled off something in, in French and they're like, got right back to him kind of like to prove that they like actually do speak French. And they're like, Oh, this is fantastic. And I basically just wanted to like, literally just like close the computer uh, <laughs> on the guys and be like, yeah, this is going to go good. And they had the right people for the right job. We didn't work on that project one day past one o'clock in the morning. And you know how it like kind of gets towards the end. It was just like 1230, 1145. Okay. You know, we'd have some pizzas or whatever, go get some beers occasionally for like the last like 10 days. Even the setup, we get kicked out of the stage where it was set up, you know, at a very specific time or like. Well, let's let's describe the project because everybody's just listening audio style. But like, it looked it's like a like a custom dome. It's like a geodesic dome, but it's actually like an exploded geodesic dome. So it's not actually perfectly geodesic. And then inside, it's all mirrors outside, and then on the inside, it's like a hanging pixel array. Yeah. So they wanted it to be all all mirrors everywhere. And I'm like, well, that's cool. But we had a dude doing 3D visualizations for us. And I'm like, can you do it a mirrored version? And can you do a black acrylic version? And this is just sort of me thinking, because I'm like you, Rob. Like, I do this stuff. A lot of lights inside this tiny, you know, because it's not huge. You know, it's a dome that can be welded together and broken apart and welded back together. Um it's going to get wild. And they agreed. They're like, yeah, that's crazy. I was like, look at this black version. And they're like, that's much better. And then it was a combination of like, how many lights do we throw in there? You know? And so it became this very Yayo Kasuma inspired infinity room in a weird way. Um, But yeah, it was a Buckminster Fuller, you know, inspired dome, but we did it instead of exclusively triangles, we used hexagons and pentagons, which was like a really crazy build. And so it's really irregular and that, that's what I was noticing. Like it, it's a really cool shape. Like the, yeah, it looks, Oh, it does look like it's mostly hexagons. It's it's yeah. It's mostly hexagons and there's some pentagons in the middle. It's a lot like a soccer ball. looks um, like a goddamn spaceship. 
Yeah, yeah. but that's the other thing is again, the navigator spaceship, but my, <laughs> I don't want to say like my experience, but it's like, I didn't want a bunch of little triangles. You don't want to be on the inside of a disco ball. You want to be on the inside of a whatever to have that ex- the visual experience go right. further because if there's a bunch of little things on the inside they're going to just kind of bounce around and disappear what's but if wrong there's... with triangles you don't like triangles, triangles I, like, I love i love triangles but what i'm saying is if it would have been made out of <laughs> exclusively triangles i don't believe that the reflections would have given you as much depth in your okay, true visual yeah, 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 totally. interpretation of it and then it was, you know, of course, you know, we had well, like that's the, the beauty little... of previs, right? Yeah, exactly. Previs, you can just like model it all out. You'd be like, all right, now I'm inside this thing. What does it look like? It's exactly. a really cool We're piece, dude. Prevising with a dude in Italy, working with a team in Belgium, designing and fabricating in in Brooklyn, and working with a team in Chicago. So it was like four or five different agencies, seven different time zones. It was. It was a fun one, and like I said, not having to stay up past midnight was a uh, was a was a was a was a treat for everybody. It was really really fun. So, what was it for? Like, what did Verizon want with this thing? What were they doing with it? Uh, they were showing off. It worked in tandem with a TED like talk with this gentleman named Jeffrey Canada, who works for. Um, he works on a, on a documentary called the Superman project, which is about essentially enabling, I want to say, uh, underprivileged youth from Harlem to sort of like reinvest in their schools and sort of take that champion on and, 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 and sort of become better, more interested, involved members of society and sort of give back to their communities and sort of like, kind of just like recreate that circle. And what Verizon was doing is essentially not just donating, supposedly air quotes, um, not just jo- donating, you know, X amount of, of, of broadband to public schools, not just donating, like, here's a thousand tablets, here's a 3D printer, but they were actually like teaching teachers how to teach. And it was about this sort of escalation of that uh, over the last like six or eight years. And so as you sort of step yeah. through the uh, touch platform, the array of LEDs around you kind of uh, have this sort of beautiful kind of animation, 360 sound on the interior, which was another kind of like wild thing that we, you know, brought in somebody to, to film it and, or not film it, but like work on the sound design to make sure that it was like kind of like tuned specifically kind of towards the middle of the dome. Um, mm. but yeah, it was, it people, was beautiful. It was a pretty small dome though, right? There was only like a few people could fit in there. It looks like. Yeah. Cause there was a lot of different LEDs and stuff. So we had a little bit of a queue, uh, to get in. So I think you could go maybe if you wanted to get real close to your friends, uh, you could get close to like four or five people up there, but ideally it was just kind of like a partner, a uh, partner of three people, uh, sort of situation. But if you watch the video, uh, it's hard not to, uh, uh, honestly smile with the people that are enjoying it for for themselves yeah yeah i was just watching the video it's uh it's really cool man well congrats it sounds like a a really cool gig and that was this year huh that was in 2019 so that was the last like really really fun one that i got to do um and then i'm working on some stuff now that'll be hopefully fun but a little less not, not as light art not as much cool stuff but it'll be fun 
keeps keeps yeah. me busy, keeps keeps the pocket full. It's funny, man. How like it's really it is all about striking that balance between taking gigs that you're really excited about and taking gigs that you're like, well, this this will this will keep the train running for a little while longer. I'm actually we're man this year we've been blowing the fuck up it's it's kind of crazy and uh the over the pandemic we took that time to 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 make kind of like a little sales engine you know uh, uh really work on our 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 marketing our outreach and like how we're attracting customers and uh it's working you know and awesome. one of the, yeah it's it's some of the things that we're doing now are, are it's like i'm almost surprised that it works i don't have any formal business um background no no sales experience no, no nothing so i'm kind of just shooting in the dark being like i wonder if this will work i wonder if this will work we'll try these two things in combination and see if that works and um you know we're over the past five or six years we've we've created a system that seems like it's working really well and now like over the pandemic we we really focused on just dialing in that system and uh and it's taking off one of the things that we're doing that i'm really surprised um or really you know it was kind of a shot in the dark and I, i'm very surprised that it is working but it is and that's uh google adwords and it's uh it's kind of crazy it's like we're such a niche market I didn't expect that to 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 succeed, but it's been. I'm sure that in. it. Yes, I am sure that it is working because I ask people when they call, I'm like, "How did you find us?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, well, we googled it. You popped up." <laughs> my SEO is terrible. Honestly, you can just search my first and last name, and you get like some dude in Colorado. He works in robots, which is cool, <laughs> but like. Well, SEO like, and SEM are two different things, right? Like ads, like setting up an ad word is a different thing than setting, than just tuning your uh, website to try yeah, to, exactly. tuning your website for, for inbounds and, and for SEO, you know? And uh, that's actually like, we do come up on a lot of different searches organically, but doing the ad words was like gasoline in a fire, man. It really just propelled things forward quickly. And uh, yeah, we're growing, man. We're hiring awesome. more people and like we got more projects than we- Well, we don't need to turn this into an interview, but you know, I'll tell you when I get off this project, you know, we can go from there. Uh we're gonna work together, Will. Like Bill, we're gonna we're gonna do a project together. I know we are I would love to. I would love to because like I said, um, you know, they did try to bring me into uh Leviathan for kind of like a permalance sort of thing, and it was just like uh I was replacing a girl that had kind of been there and grown with them very organically. Um yeah. and it's like they had some very senior staff and it was good and it was whatever, but it was like she'd worked there for six years and it was like I am a different type of producer than, than she was. She is fantastic. And she's continuing her career. I think out in Philadelphia uh, yeah. with, with blue cadet. Um, and is blue cadet and other new media arts. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're doing, I think it's Philly. And I think they had opened up a shop in New York too. Um, cool. Yeah. They, you know, there's everybody, everybody wants some piece of the pie. Um, but yeah, when I worked there, it was uh, it was interesting. We worked on a handful of projects, and then uh, when they were acquired, they couldn't quite figure out why they were paying me what they were paying me. And I was like, "Well, I moved from California, so I." Uh, <laughs> and then it was just like snip, and I was like, "All right, let's uh, 
let's make this like let's just call it what it is like we all knew this was a pretty much a permalance thing and they're like yeah let's call it that throw us on the resume if you want we'll give you a solid recommendation if you need it jason will call me up every once in a while if he's got some crazy idea and i was like I'll jump on the phone with you. I'll 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 wrap you. I'll be your producer for the hour if you if you need me to be. But yeah, um, it, it's fun. Um, Dude, Blue Cadet looks like a very cool firm as well. They do great I've never, stuff. I haven't heard of them either, man. There's like this See, whole world of other other firms that I've just never heard of. It's all about, for me at least, it's all about people, and it's all about just like knowing people and 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 trying not to burn any bridges. Of course, man. That's what that's what all of every everything that we see around us is interactions between people. Like, go and like pick up something off your desk, you know, like this roll of tape. Think about all the relationships that had to happen, and and people that had to coordinate, and and companies that had to be built and design. You know, it's like this roll of fucking electrical tape is the product of a lot of interpersonal relationships, <laughs> and that's just a roll of electrical tape. <laughs> I know, man. That, but that's what I'm saying. Like the world is connections between people. Yeah, it's it, it totally is. But yeah, that's one of the things that I've found about, I don't know, I don't want to pat myself on the back, but like I know a lot of people at a lot of different places and it is. It's just, uh, I'm reading a book right now. It's called Range and it's just called the general, basically the generalist goal for success in their work, like in society or something like that. Cause like kind of what I am, you know what I mean? Like, I don't do touch designer. I'm not an expert in that. Like I'm not you. I don't own a lighting design company. That's sort of like dominating the globe based on my uh, search engine optimization and Google AdWords. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, I, I'm not, a, I'm not a creative, I'm not a creative director. You know what I mean? Which sometimes I look and I'm like, man, it would be really easy to work for an agency and just like ask a production company to like make things happen and just expect it to get done. You know, like I don't do these things, but um, just knowing the right people that can help you get them done. is like kind of where I found a really good role to, to operate in and not being the dumbest person in the room, or at least not asking the dumbest question uh, is something that is always a good thing as well. I always like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like it, there's so many pieces that are involved, man. Like I think that, you know, I'm actually like my intrinsic superpower, my like skill is probably project management and, and, uh, electrical design, you know what I mean? But it's like, in the end, it's, it's, it's the ability to put together the correct team to match a project that, that, that is the, the, the marker of success for some of the, you know, for, for really any big project, like without the right team, you got nothing. You know what I mean? Like you have mm -hmm. to have, you have to have the right people on the, on the, on the team. And any one of those people's skill sets inevitably is indispensable to the completion of a, of a, of a, of a big project. You pull any one of those people out and the project would not succeed. Um, and that's how a good team should be put together. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if you, obviously the, uh, unlimited budgets that we had at Button Dolly, uh, became a really fun thing to play around with because our teams could become a whole lot of fun, uh, based on, uh, Uncle Larry and, uh, well, Sergio. that's after they got bought, right? But <laughs> they after were they got bought, but yeah box demo we, we threw a lot of money at box demo which was fun but the goal of box demo was ultimately i think to 
become acquired. But it, it, you know, it won some awards and did the things. But you're absolutely right in what you were saying is building a good team around you and having confidence in those people to be able to achieve uh, the things that they say they're going to be able to pull off for you is is key. You know, and I don't know. I don't mean to break it down to iPhones and things, or whatever. But like. You know, we all got phones and recorders in our pockets. Like, is it working or is it not? Like, can you show me what you've got? And if it's not like coming and coming quickly, it's like, you right. know, that's when I start to like, if, if I can't even get it on the side, you know, uh, it doesn't have to come with all the clients and other team members. But if I can't even get like a side report. Um, what do you mean? What do you mean? Side report? I, I don't know. It's just me digging back to some old projects. I don't know. Uh it's well, it is all about it is all about that like you know i call it like your portfolio is kind of like your suit coat it's like this, this three-piece suit that you have to wear and it's like you know if you don't have a good portfolio you got nothing <laughs> no one's gonna if people can't go to your website and see sexy pictures and sexy video right off the bat that that's that's what people react to that's their first impression you know what i mean i i agree actually sometimes when i have to do you know sw or not sws but when i have to do uh bids for for groups and companies like i will absolutely put in a fee for documentation and a lot of times it'll get pushed oh, back yeah. and like and i'm like you know what if you don't document this the correct way you know who's gonna see it all 300 no or or 3,000 people that roll through they might instagram it maybe they'll have a few extra tags on that but nobody yeah but, well i mean if you're working in the marketing world and you're doing like marketing installations then it's it's of the utmost importance. There's oh. always a documentation line item in, my, in in the projects that we do. Even if it's not, even if it's opaque to the client, I always build it in because if, it, mm -hmm. if you don't, if you don't film it, it didn't happen. If you don't document it, it didn't happen. Opaque. I like that word. I've been trying to think of something that's not white label because that's obviously a word, but just in the back of my mind, like, but opaque is kind of interesting. Opaque is a great word. I love that word. Opaque is interesting. <laughs> Something that's just so, because that's arguably like, I don't mind just sort of like, like you said, just sort of opaque to the client or whatever it needs to be. But, yeah. um, well, there's always things in the budget that it's like, well, maybe the client doesn't need to see all the way down into this fucking rabbit hole, you know? But, well, yeah. And flights are always, you know, whatever they want to be. But, you know, flights are $500 each way, whether I'm coming from New York to, uh, but sorry, that's the wrong reference, New York to, to, Boston, I was going to say LA to San Francisco, or, you know, it might be a little bit more if I got to go LA to New York kind of a thing. But like, I'll tell you, man, after, after doing some really gnarly, uh, red eyes, there are certain instances where I will, I will, I will get first class or business class or something that I can lay down on. Because like when you get on a flight at 9 PM and you fly all night, you get to a, uh, and you get to a site at like six in the morning and you're, and then you're supposed to, to roll. Nope. I am too old for that shit. <laughs> Call me 10 years ago. You know what I yeah, mean? Dude. Call and me it's funny how they like, it just talk about aura rings and like sleep quality because it really affects you. And you know, I, I was actually like my, uh, I have a, a freaking awesome um, PM that, or she's not really a PM. She's like, I don't know what to call her. Anyway, she buys my flights and we had like a long conversation. I was like, homie, like if you put me on a flight at 9 PM and I got to do something at like 10 AM the next day, 
don't put me on that 9 p.m. flight or get me a goddamn hotel so I can sleep it off. It's as bad as being drunk, man. Like trying to trying it's to function. worse. Yeah, trying it to might be worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. It's yeah, a thing. I'm... It's a thing. These are these are these are things that you know when when you're 20, you're just like ah whatever, fuck it. I'll save exactly. that. Save that. 500 bucks it's like no <laughs> i will pay that 500 dollars <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. yeah um, so what were you doing at Botan dolly man that's uh that's digging into your past but i want to know i mean like what was the culture there like what was that like it was crazy um if jeff linnell ever hears this jeff love you but you are a horrible person to work for uh he knows it just as much as he uh <laughs> that bridge baby <laughs> exactly no uh he would probably laugh if he heard me say that. Um, no, I was working at Obscura, loved it, but then I was peeking my head around the corner because they literally were like four and a half blocks away. They were both in the dog patch um, at the time. And um, did you go from Obscura to Bot? Exactly. Um, I was returning something down to whatever that little, uh, you know, what was the name of that little electronics store down in just sort of south mission on a whatever but anyways i was coming back and popped in front of the little uh bot and dolly i didn't even know it was bot and dolly but it had this like great tag on the front that sort of said like please never ever 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 little park here sort of thing but it was like the garage door was like halfway kicked open and i was like what are you guys doing in here and they're like oh we're tasting coffee and blah 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 and i was like oh that's cool like well who are you and i was like i'm bill i you know, I'm, I'm a producer over at Obscura and they're like, Oh, Oh, interesting. Uh, do you want a coffee? And I was like, sure. You know, let's, let's do that. And they're like, do you want to come into the back? And I was like, yeah, what is this place? And they're like, Oh, we're autofuss. I was like, Oh, I've called you guys for a quote or something like that. And they're like, we have some other things that we kind of wanted to like, just come into the back and like hop back into this, like studio, the studio that like, you know, we shot a lot of the stuff in where we shot box demo. And there's these like two robots They've got stuff on them. They're moving people around. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? And it, at the time, it, I'm not seeing robots. It was like the first time I saw like a wind turbine. You know what I mean? Where it's just like, whoa, is that like the future kind of thing? And I'm like, this place is awesome. They've got like, this I just weird... into the future. Man, and that's so crazy. They're like, so they were keeping it under this... wraps. They were, they were very secretive about what they were doing kind of the robotic element was like about to be birthed basically because i basically did like one of their first not their first first but like a couple of their first installations um their first io installation uh i think was the first like official piece that i did with them but again we want to talk about like computational thinking and like creative problem solving it's all sorts of stuff you know like figuring out like um brownie in motion I'm like, I don't know what Brownian motion is. You know, I kind of learned it really quick. Yeah, what does that even mean? What is Brownian motion? Brownian motion is essentially ensuring that a heavy object, this massive sphere that we had on the end of this robot, never actually came to a full stop as like the full weight of it would kind of like, I don't want to say tip the robot, but like push the robot to its limit. Um, and so we always kind of had to keep a, what's ultimately described as Brownie in motion. I'm sure there's a beautiful YouTube video if anybody's thoroughly interested 
on the robot. I was so, say, I'll put YouTube that later. Exactly. But essentially, we had fantastic, you know, roboticists, engineers, developers that were working with us um, to help program this. Um, also, then at the same time, it's on a ledge at the Moscone Center in San Francisco. We need to find a structural engineer that will sign off on like this 15,000 pound sculpture. Well, like it's not going to break the ledge, but still somebody needed to sign off on this like three days ago. And I'm like. So okay. I actually only saw that in their studios, like the, the video, the promo video that they made, it's in their, it's in their warehouse. Did they install it like in a permanent fashion somewhere or did that go yeah. anywhere? That kinetosphere is the name no, of the, the sculpture? Box. The box. Oh, box. It only happened once, my man. Really? I mean, it, I mean, it, it, it happened a lot of times, but the kind of the full expedition of it or the full shoot of it was essentially squeezed into, you know, a month, month and a half kind of a thing. Right. Um, and we were constantly working. Uh, you kind of asked me what was Bondali like? It was, constantly working um we wouldn't finish a project and properly close it out before we were you know had our head into three or four other situations and it was an exciting place to be um it drove me a little crazy but at the same time i met some amazing people um and yeah it it, it was it was wild it was great it was it was it was the playground that I'm so happy was, was, was designed for me. Like as much as I said, I, yeah, I hate Jeff. I also love Jeff for everything that he did and his partner, uh, Randy, was he, Julia, was he like the founder or something or what was, what was Jeff yeah, they were Jeff and Randy were the two founders of, of Bottendale and Autofuss. You know, this really is like the natural conclusion of projection mapping. It's, it's, it is projection mapping taken to like a, a totally different level where the the structure being projected on becomes part of the magic and becomes yeah part of the illusion it's fucking yeah cool. i mean it, and we had we had bradley uh everybody knows him as gmonk as like our design director on that project and i didn't um, know gmonk was part of that interesting oh everybody calls it gmonk's project and i i i it, it I kind of laugh because it, as much as he influenced that project, there's not a single person that worked on that project that doesn't deserve a ginormous hug, a huge handshake and like their own SIGGRAPH award. You know what I mean? Like it was a full collective team effort um, to produce Box Demo. Um, everybody from Autofuss that actually put together the animations for the project everybody from Bot and Dolly that put together, you know, the robotic animations for that project, yeah. everybody from sort of our collective team that, that, that did the live action shoot um, and put together the, like just the like analog lights and things. Um, and then, you know, the, 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 the team that we hired uh, that did it, um, the late nights, the early mornings, it was wild as well as the fact that we were constantly unplugging everything, pulling it all apart and operating the studio as if it was continuously running and selling ourselves literally at the same time. Did you crazy. know that you were going to try and attract Google as a buyer or what, what was the goal? Like how, what was the point? If it was just a tech demo, were you just like, look what we can do. Somebody buy us. 
I think we were a little young to know, no, but like, it was obvious that, you know, Adobe was coming through, Autodesk was coming through, Apple was coming through, Google was coming through, you know, whether Facebook came through and I had no idea, but like, you know, there was eyes on us from, I don't want to say from everywhere, but like somebody was going to buy us. Um, right. Did we need to complete box demo in order to get purchased? I'm not sure, but it definitely didn't hurt. Let's just put it that way. It's but it was brilliant. so much it's fun. Like one of the coolest projection mapping pieces that's ever been done, I think. And and I will credit, you know, both both the, the whole design team, but arguably G Monk did have a, a pretty strong presence in, in making it a, a, a black and white piece. Um, and it, what was his role? That was I was actually going to ask. What was his role in the in the in the process? Um, if you he, never he's, worked, a, he's another like kind of legendary figure. He's uh, yeah, he I mean, is, he absolutely is. Um, I mean, he's a, he is kind of a legend. Um, he ag- arguably acts as the design director. He's a fan. I mean, if you want to talk about light art, like he's at the pinnacle of light art. Um, yeah. you know, redirecting his photography and shooting chroma and all sorts of stuff. But he was the design director uh, behind behind that piece, but also on set constantly and was amazing leader for the full animation team that built it together. And it was wild what he was able to do and just sort of continued to direct and push. And I don't know if this is a great example, but somebody would be like, I'm, I'm, I'm having frustrations with, you know, with this sequence. He'd be like, it's a lot like, you know, and he'd reference something that he'd previously done. But if you, you know, if you, if you push all these, you know, if you push all these sliders up and if you flop that, you're going to get this, like this, this is this wild effect. And then they, they'd kind of do that. And they're like, is it kind of like this? And be like, yeah, definitely. Like try that a couple different more ways. And he just like really push each one of his team members to like make it as good as it is. And he does that wherever he's working um, and any project that he's on. Um, and and again, we were talking, it's all about people. It's all about people. He's a fantastic person. He's a great person to know. And um, now yeah. is he in the Bay or where, because he was working for Obscure as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he, um, I believe he's still in the Bay. Um, he's done. He does a lot of work with with, with my friend, my uh, Michael Fulton at VT Pro. Um, in fact, a handful of my friends have all ended up at VT Pro down in LA. Is that, that's um, Velo. That's Velo Verkhouse's. No, that's V Squared. Um, no, no, no. V Squared is on pause or no more, and they started another thing. Um, v, VT Pro yeah, is, is Vart. It? Is Vart? Um, and I forget his last name starts with a T, and it's. T E C H consonants and things. Sorry, Vart. Um, and then, but Michael Fullman is a, is a really good friend and a close colleague of mine. And then uh, a handful of other people work over there that I'm super tight with as well. But um, he occasionally does collaborations with those guys. Um, and, you know, I, at times he's on tools roster. He may still be, um, he tours, when the world's open, he tours the world and does stuff with various creative conferences all over the world. FITC. Wait, he tour, he, tour, he tours with Tool. No, tours the world and does creative conferences. Uh, he'll do FITC up in Canada. He'll do. Oh, VT uh, Pro. I've seen some of their work. 
they're, they do amazing stuff. They're like, I don't want to call them like the best. And it looks like, like they took over. They they do a Bot and Dolly style. Yeah, they they when in, when Bot and Dolly looking at their website right now. When Bot and Dolly was acquired by Google, Michael. Yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to like go all the way back, but yeah, it was a deep history. Like Michael almost worked with Bot and Dolly for a while. Instead, he ended up working with VT Pro and was obviously very interested by robots and. They embodied what Bot and Dolly was doing and kind of adopted that style, as have a lot of people. Um, right. Good friends, again, like with like Evan Atherton, who works at um, Autodesk and he runs the Pier 9, the Maya for Mimic for Maya is a program that he runs. And so, like, I don't want to say that Bot and Dolly was like significantly in front of its time, but we were sort of the very first to sort of like hack the system and kind of recreate what you could do with it. And now there's a lot of people out there that are playing around with it. And uh, I actually just read an article that uh, X uh, had the most recent company uh, graduate or however they do it in their, in their program, but it's a, a robotics company that is going to start allowing you to drive your own robot robot that sounded weird but uh, you'll be able to drive your own robot in a very easy way so we'll see i think it's called um uh sorry pull this tab up i'm just going through vt pro's roster man and it's fucking cool they they yeah they, they, they have some really really cool installations Intrinsic is the company that uh, Google X just launched, launched, and a handful of uh, my former colleagues at VT Pro, or excuse me, at Bot and Dolly worked there, and that would have potentially been where I would have continued to do if I would have hung on and not started doing my own thing. But I'm happy that I did because here we are, Rob, you and me, hanging out. Here we are hanging here we out. Are. You know, actually, I saw their uh, their Telestron, their this uh, Telestron, Telestron. Yeah, I saw that at the um, at this light art festival in down uh, in Houston. Yeah, yeah. Dope. I didn't get to go that year. Yeah, I was working with Play Modes on another installation at that um, at that festival. Day for night. uh, Yeah, day. Yeah, day to night. Day for night. Or de- yeah, something along those lines. Alex Sertamnowski Sir or something like that is the was the curator of that at, at at times or at the time. Well, it was really interesting because it was it was a it was a music festival. But it was also um, it was both it was very man. much a light art festival. It was like I a huge warehouse with light light installations, and then it was you know a list music festival. I yeah. thought it was the biggest music or excuse me the biggest light festival that the states has thrown. It is. It's it's funny because in Europe, light festivals are wherever. Well, they're a thing, you know. Like, for example, uh, White Void right now they're they're on the cover of Arc Magazine, dude, for their their installation at um, what the fuck is it? Dark Matter. Yeah, the one that drops the balls. And, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not that particular installation, but they they actually opened like it's almost like a museum or experiential center where it's just light art pieces. And the cool, cool thing is, you know, you go over there and people pay to see like light performances in the same way that people will go to a concert over here. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, I wish we had that culture. I mean, maybe we do, maybe people just aren't doing it, but, uh, it's Basically. cool to see an entire stadium fill up or, or an entire arena fill up um, with night people. Night after night after night. Yeah. Waiting to see a light art performance. Like it, like a fine art performance with, with music, but very much focused on the light, not the sound per se. And uh, it's just very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys are a fun crew over there for sure. Did yeah. you go and see that thing at the gray area when they were there maybe four years back and they were doing that laser performance? No. White Void? Uh, one of the members of White Void. Um, Probably Christopher. Christopher, yes. Christopher he Bowser. Was, yeah, exactly. He, uh, yeah, he no, I didn't, man. I didn't. I wish I had, though. I didn't know it was, they, didn't know that they, uh, that yeah, they did it. it was fun. There. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Gray Area has a, another show now that I'm actually tempted to to go see. I'm trying to remember the name of it. It's uh, what the fuck is it called? It's a uh, recombinant rebound, and it's a it's like a projection mapping environment. Looks pretty interesting. 360 degree immersive adventure in surround sound. <laughs> and well, if it's, if it's recombinant, then um. The like one of the original original obscura dudes is way behind it. Um, They're reforming, man. Obscura is reforming right now. Or M O M O M. Yeah. So they're they're. Uh, I told you, not, I know it's some not shit. obscura. It's like a bunch of people involved in the obscura. Yeah, Alex and Travis and. Uh, I don't know. Not, if Travis not, is not human. I don't know if Travis is people. involved, man. Like I think it's it's a bunch of the the their touch developers. They oh, have, cool they have a new thing, and uh, I was actually just talking to them because we might work together on a project. But uh, it's cool to see, and, and they're they're actually headquartered at um, uh, Gray Area. They have their offices there. So cool, 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 cool. Oh, where um, uh, Symmetry Labs was, right? Was Symmetry at Gray Area? I have no idea. But, yeah, they were there. Uh, but we don't need to talk about that. I've talked, dude. I'm actually, it's funny. I work with a lot of the X-Symmetry people. Like many, many of the X-Symmetry people um, are like kind of in the DA orbit now. And we're, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, just, just, I'm just shooting the breeze, but that was always a funny story. I hey man, that's a, that's a part of the, that's a part of the Bay Area light art scene, you know? There, it's, it's <laughs> Absolutely. It's history. You got to embrace it. You it's know? history. Like, yeah, got, exactly. I got no. I have no beef with any of them, and I love. I don't have I any beef with any of them either. I just think it's funny. I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. even really know this story. I just think it's like, well, you guys aren't there anymore for some, I guess, obvious reasons. I'm not sure, but yeah. Well, it's tragic. But Alex yeah. Green is back. Actually, I heard that he's back and he's uh, looking to reform. So good. I'm, I'm happy as long as, to hear as, that. Long as he's willing to share share his his former employees with me, I'm all about it. <laughs> I have I don't he would probably couldn't point me out in the crowd, and I'm not sure if I could anymore either. But um, yeah, it's always fun. I I enjoyed them having that kind of upper tier of of the gray area space, and also just love what the gray area kids have done and are continuing to do for our for our like scene sequence everything. It's like super important. 
Well, it is the most, um, I don't even know the word for it, but it is the most like, you know, black pants, black shirt, black beret (laughs) (laughs) types. You know, it's like that art scene. You know what I mean? It's like fucking weird, glitchy music and like really experimental. uh, Yeah. I joked that I had to quit Obscura because I, I really liked wearing colorful clothes and everybody in there just wore all black all the time. Yeah. Like, you guys, I like colors, you know, like I have a lot more colorful clothes over there. It just happened to be a black shirt day for me, but um, I figured that would work out well because I'm sure that you would probably be in black. But I was like, yeah, you guys, I, I, I like loud sneakers. I like loud pants. I like wild sweatshirts. Um, just, just a thing. So... <laughs> This all black thing. That is I'm so not sure funny, I can fit in. <laughs> yeah, that, that's funny. That's definitely that, that's definitely the vibe. It's like I was in uh, I was in Berlin. The last time I was in Berlin, I went to the the Bergheim. You know that club? Uh, I mean, yeah. I think I've heard of it, but I've never gone. I've never been. I've only been to Europe once. This club in Berlin, man, and it's hilarious because it's like this long fucking line to get in and there's a bouncer and everybody is like in the dress code. You know what I mean? It's like black clothes. That's it. And, you know, to my surprise, we got in, it was probably cause I was with the the girl that I was with. We were like, got let in, we got into the club. And it's just like fucking gabber core, man. I'm talking like, it sounds like somebody's shooting a machine gun into a microphone. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. This is a cultural experience. And it was fun. But like, there was this part of me, I'm like, man, all I want is like a rainbow onesie under all these black clothes. Just like rip off the black clothes and be like, surprise, motherfuckers. <laughs> it was such a, it's such a funny scene, man. But it's, uh, yeah. you know, it's cool. It's like, I like the Berlin scene. I like that vibe. I think I could live over there and like be happy. You know what I mean? I really do. There's many times when I've, when I've considered moving to Europe, it's just, I don't know if I could do what I do and do it remotely to that extent. You know, I don't. You, yeah. I mean, we're working with a guy in, in Sweden right now, and it's just like you know, I'm emailing him at like four or five, and it's like it's only five hours, six hours from where I'm at, but it's just like, and he'll get back to me, and I'm like, man, they work a. I mean, it's a long day. You know what well, I'm saying? I'll tell you, like, man. Depending, depending on what happens with the smoke this year in California, I may actually go and do uh, – we're entering into like a number of design phases essentially. And mm-hmm. I'm so tempted to just go to Europe or go to Mexico and just hang out, rent an apartment down there and just like kick it. Or I've got a friend. Anywhere. You know what I mean? Like literally yeah. anywhere. Like it doesn't matter. I'm kind of wondering like why am, why am I forced to be in a city? Why are you – forced to be in the bay you know what i'm saying like who cares at this point you know we just got real good at figuring this whole thing out you know yeah absolutely well i think that in in the end that's probably what's going to happen i mean technically even right now man like i've just finished up i've wrapped up all of these physical installs the, the build phase for a number of different projects and we're entering into the design phase of a number of other projects and the things we're still building are, you know, like they're out in the British Virgin Islands anyway. It's like I have to fly there no matter what. It's a, it's a $1,500 flight no matter what. Yeah. Whether I fly from, you know, Paris or fucking Mexico or wherever, it'd probably be cheaper actually if I was in Mexico. It probably would be. Yeah. How's your Spanish? It's, uh, it's decent. You know, like I'm 
I'm approaching. I'm like skimming conversational. <laughs> I like. I can. I can navigate a bar situation really well. You know, I can find the bathroom. I can get more beer. <laughs> I can talk okay. about. I can like shoot the shit a little bit. It's all about yeah. hand gestures and eye contact. Anyway, man, it's like facial expressions and eye contact and like the barest minimum of like two-year-old Spanish will get you by pretty well. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you're not going to make any best friends, but at the same time you can definitely like hang out. And not to mention like at least this, the, the scene or the sequence, at least in, 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 in our space, like everybody speaks English, you know, it, it just kind of is an exclusive language of, I don't know. I don't want to say of like, of, at least the western world's progressive culture but if you're not able to speak english it feels like let's just say we got lucky i'll say that yeah well i actually when i was doing that tour of europe uh, the, the european uh, like light it, art agencies i, I noticed that 90 percent of them like 90 percent of the places and people i visited had i was able to communicate with in english exactly yeah, I mean, because if they're they're, they're trying to sell they're trying to sell projects to English speaking clients. Exactly. I mean, we just got lucky, to be quite honest. I mean, I speak a little bit better Spanish than you, but not much. Uh, yeah. You're second grade. I'm fourth grade. You know what I'm saying? But like, <laughs> yeah, I, I lived tough. in Chile for a little while. But um, let's go to Mexico, man. Let's go to Mexico together. That'd be fun. Yeah, we spent. I spent a handful of times down in Mexico City. We have a great time down there. Um, some beautiful architecture, although it's sinking. It is sinking, but you know, we don't need to start talking about about that. But you know, is it? I, I know it's in a basin. It's in a lake bed. Yeah, if, the time to go is now. But don't buy anything down there. Really, you think Just, Mexico City's going to disappear? I mean, it's it's not. It's like the world's one of the world's most dangerous places. Tectonically, you're talking about. Yeah, just in, in regards of like places to be, like there's, it's not a like healthy place. Like, like in regards to like, yeah, the things that are shifting in and around it. I mean, surely and there's like worse, worse places that you could be, but like, yeah, their yeah. their air air situation is pretty gnarly as well. Yeah. Like the air, the air, because it's a basin, man. I was actually just talking to my friend who, uh, she's a creative director. She lives in Mexico City. Um, she does more of like the interior design thing, but she's. Uh, we were talking about how, uh, yeah, she she's in love with Mexico City. I'm going to go visit her pretty soon. I'm going to make a trip just because like I want to hang out. Um, but she's she was telling me like yeah man like there we are under constant threat of earthquake like worse than yeah worse than la and the air pollution is atrocious it's horrible yeah yeah it's pretty down there though but it is like one of those things like you just got to catch it on the right on the right days but right well you know i I think what i would you know i think i would do i would probably go to mexico city and then use that as a launching off point to like chiapas or or you know the the yucatan or or whatever oaxaca beautiful yeah oaxaca i've I've got some friends down there too yeah we spent some time in oaxaca which is pretty fun and then traveled down a little further south than that down to guatemala i think did uh largo atayan and hiked the volcano and did some stuff but you know just travel stories and things well the last Um, time i was in mexico i i was with a partner we started in uh in in um 
a little town called um, Bacalar, which is south of Tulum. And we rented mm-hmm. a car. And we drove uh, to San Cristobal through Chiapas. Mm-hmm. And that was some shit, man. That was such a good experience. It was crazy. That is like, a little crazy. Yeah, we're going through those mountains. You know, it's like the Zapatistas, that's where they are. You know, and they're like, they have these little kids. They stretch, they stretch a chain across the road. And they're like, hi, we're little kids. We would like a donation, please. And there's like some dudes with machine guns, like kind of like standing behind them. And it's like, okay, well, this is a toll and I'm happy to donate to your cause. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty wild. Like I mean, we've done some pretty wild shit before as well, but not in, I'm trying to think if I've done anything too crazy in Mexico. Now, most of the crazy stuff I've done is in Asia with some dumb friends in Burma. Yeah. Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is definitely one of my favorite places, my favorite areas of the world. Yeah, a good friend that got stuck via COVID on a Thai, excuse me, a a Thailand uh, island. Just like, well, I guess I'm living here for until COVID's over, and he's just like, he's I don't want to say like independently wealthy, but he's able to like get by. I'm just like, oh, that's terrible. He just checks wow. in every once in a while, sends beautiful like kayaking videos and stuff. It's just like, yeah, this this is how I have to live out COVID. Nobody's got COVID on our island, so nobody comes, nobody goes. But you know, it's okay. I'm like, sucks, Julian. Sucks, my man. So the in the the islands that we were doing that installation on, it's a it's a really crazy like political situation because. Mm. they they also locked down when we were there last year i was actually in the bbis when covid struck and we like mm. watched that shit. We, were, we were there in march april of 2020 so we watched it hit china we watched it hit like italy we saw all our friends freak the fuck out in california and like no one was saying anything on, on these islands like there were some articles in the newspaper like oh this is all a 5g conspiracy like in the newspaper this is you know that's the culture it's like very conspiratorial and then all of a sudden we were like all right so we, we like stocked up on food when all of our friends freaked out in california we're like we should probably start paying attention to this and then it was like house arrest and they're like you may not you cannot leave your apartment you cannot walk your dog you cannot take out your trash and they let everybody out for like a couple days and we we got on a speedboat and like fled to the USVI. <laughs> that, that's that's why this project's taken so long, man, because it's just like disaster. Because COVID was in the way. And it- well, there was COVID. Then before that, there was a hurricane that like lifted the roof off one of the adjacent villas and dropped it on the, the roof oh, that, no. of the villa that we're working on. It's uh, yeah, man, it's a thing. It's just disaster. It's private, it's private residence or what is it? Private building? Yeah, yeah it's a private residence. Cool. It's the, the same guy that we built that art car for. Oh, okay. Very but cool. like Larry Larry Page has a, an island out there. Fucking Richard Branson's got an island out there. They're all right there. <laughs> <laughs> just go fishing down there and just see who you run into. Yeah, I mean, we keep talking about the opening party, man. That That's going to be some shit, you know? It's uh, a... What do you mean? The opening party for um the the installation. Oh, oh, yeah. 
that'll probably be wild. Yeah. So wait, let me let me show you this. Uh, let me show you what we were working on. Yeah, definitely. Uh... All right. So this is a video of the island. This is a view of like the surrounding uh, vista. And you can see it's just like ocean mountains in in the distance, uh, like mountainous islands. And then there are these Southeast Asian style pagodas. Um, mm-hmm. And then in the main pagoda, it's uh, there's this, um, there's this staircase that winds its way up spiral staircase. that winds its way up to a, to a, like a, a hot tub on a roof. Um, and then the staircase is surrounded by this, uh, this bamboo weave. It's, it's, it's not bamboo. It's, it's uh, Ipe hardwood. And um, that, that weave is impregnated with, uh, with led. So it forms like kind of a, a circular array that Beautiful. goes up. Yeah. That surrounds this staircase. Um, this is all test pattern. Like it's still, you know, a few trips away from being finished, but you can see what's happening and you can see what we're doing. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be a good portfolio piece. <laughs> I mean, it looks stunning. It's beautiful, yeah. Rob. Thanks, man. So you know, we're really we're actually pretty. using uh, we're we're mapping that volumetrically. So we're doing like a three dimensional because you see that the ceiling is also it's got LED as well. So it's really like this. Uh, it's a three dimensional volumetric yeah, pixel mapping. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's very cool, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that with me. That that that's exciting. It's neat to think about that and like just also then think through how that could work in the 3d space you know it's just a different thing as opposed to be like well what kind of pattern are we going to do on the outside of this but really think about like how you could like circulate or move objects through through that as opposed to like i said just laying something on it in a two-dimensional world it's cool well so there's other elements that that kind of extend throughout the rest of the property so the entire Mm -hmm. property is a canvas but it's a three-dimensional canvas awesome you know what I mean? And that's yeah, the, no. like, the whole point is like, let's treat this like a three-dimensional canvas. So this isn't just like a series of, you know, unfolded two-dimensional planes. It's it's actually like pixels in space and let's map that. I think that's beautiful. Um, I love being able to like switch my head around and be able to like kind of think through those things. And I'm, it takes me a little bit longer, but I'm able to catch up and able to like, you know, work that in my mind as opposed to other people that I'm sure they're like, huh, what are you talking about? Sort of a thing. But like, yeah, you know, it's just one of those things that is just like a slow learn, but it's just like, yeah, it's there. It makes sense to me. Um, I want all so, of our projects to be mapped volumetrically, even if they're like, beautiful. if there's many elements inside one environment, then map it in a game engine. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. make, make are you it so all- in unity. No, we're actually doing this in Smode, which is a French. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like it's. it's... I haven't heard of Smode really. I've worked with um, uh, what's the one that starts with T? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that one. No, (laughs) I want to call it Twist or Twitch. Twitch. It's not Twitch because that's Twitch. It's not Twitch. 
there's somebody that's in Vegas that's we programmed a club in Vegas with it. I don't know. Anyways, go back. Yeah, I mean it's uh, notch. I think, it's notch. Oh, notch. So notch Sorry. is just content generation. Um, exactly. Yeah, notch and notch actually like plugs into you know disguise or or some of the some of the major media media server platforms will use okay. notch as a plugin and it will you know notch is what you generate your 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 content with okay. um but it's meant to be it's meant to feed three-dimensional content into a three-dimensional mapping software which is really what you know like why it's become the de facto content generation platform of choice for some of the major media server platforms like disguise because you can actually generate 3D content, pipe it directly into your mapping platform. And see it in real time, arguably, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it's yeah, all yeah, real yeah. time. Yeah. That's that's actually like I, I was really I was really fascinated with the idea of using like the Unreal Engine to mm-hmm. do uh, to do three-dimensional mapping for a while. I just couldn't find the right talent. But I, again, man, I th- we're starting to work with uh, the this Obscura offshoot, and I think that we're gonna do. I think we're gonna start working with their their media server platform. Like we're agnostic, man. Like I don't, you know, I don't really care what platform we use as long as it can do what we need it to do. And you know, I come from a media server background. I used to do concert touring, and that's uh. So I like. You know, there's many different flavors of like Pepsi and Coke and whatever that will like do these things. You just have to know, all right, like this is this is the the end result that we're, we we need to accomplish, and this is like the these are the capabilities of the system that we need the system to have. Um, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Ah, oh, my man, it's getting a little little late Central Time. Uh, you got any more offshoot well, topics? It, man. This has been a really wanna, good conversation. I'm gonna wrap through. I've I've had a good time. I know I've like yeah, spilled no, some no, beans, let's... but I I I've got a few more. But you know, we can you know pick it up in the next episode. We don't have to record it. We can whatever. Um, but man, thank you for sharing some of the work you're into. I'm obviously interested in like continuing to watch that uh gas in the fire explode for da and um yeah continue to work through myself and like i said i would love to be able to mash up with you sometime in the near future in the far future um and like i said like if anything i think i've shared with you the fact that i just know a lot of people uh and like to think that i know what they're up to most of the time and uh I, well i yeah, think that's man. that's actually like yeah man that's that's a that's a really that's a really valuable characteristic man like knowing who to call and know who knowing who to call on uh in in any particular situation that's super important but yeah man i'm glad we got to have this conversation it's been really good good getting to know you better and like i said i'm sure we will work together you know i think it's been kind uh, of a funny face-to-face uh kind of more of a little i mean we've obviously met and wrapped on a handful of things but um yeah it's been a good uh a good conversation i appreciate it man good absolutely brother like i said thanks for pushing it forward i'm looking forward to anything that we need to do to like clarify this at the end or whatever like just let me know um i have no idea how you wrap these things up (laughs) this is it no i mean that's it let's just wrap it (laughs) 
All right, my man. Well, cheers. Uh, we'll sign off of the Zoom, sign off of the Zencology or whatever it is. And um, thanks for making it happen. And I'm happy that I was uh, one of your guests, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely, brother. All right, I'll talk to you later, Bill. All right, my man. Cheers. All right, bye. Peace.